folks, this is Phil Campbell from Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, and you're listening to East Coast Metal Radio, which is the best you're going to ever hear in your life. East Coast Metal Radio here on the air from our offices right here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You goddamn right, Philadelphia, baby. Go, Eagles, go! E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! Philadelphia Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. Now, I will admit, my team that I bleed for was the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they, uh, <clears throat> yeah, they disappointed old Johnny here. Should be freaking... Philadelphia versus Pittsburgh, but alas, it's not, so we'll just have to wait and see in two weeks and see if uh, Dougie P and Nikki Foles can take down he who shall not be named. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we got a pretty cool one here. Uh, I was so honored and very fortunate. About a week and a half ago, I had the honor and the privilege to speak to Mr. Phil Campbell guitarist from Motorhead and uh, he's got a new outfit out called Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons yeah I had a good discussion with Phil and uh, the lead singer of the band Neil Starr so we're going to be playing that interview in its entirety it's a little bit over 20 minutes it's a very cool interview Um, so we'll just keep this episode to uh, Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons I mean it would be so easy just to play Motorhead stuff and then play our Phil Campbell interview. But uh, I'll tell you, if you are not on board with Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, get your ticket. Get on board. They already have an album out that came out last year. And this will be their first LP, full-length record. Comes out on Friday called The Age of Absurdity. Yeah, so we'll play the interview shortly. Uh, I do want to play a couple songs from Phil and his band, which it's very interesting if you're not familiar with it if you haven't been catching the news posts that we've been posting online uh, Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons are made up of Phil and his boys along with uh, Neil Starr on vocals but his boys play the bass the drums and the guitar in the band and they are solid talented musicians and these guys can put together some freaking songs so Again, get ready for this Friday for Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, The Age of Absurdity, out on Nuclear Blast Records. And uh, first song we're going to play here is a song from last year's live album. came out on Nuclear Blast called Live at Zillerton. And from that album, uh, it was the EP, had I think it's seven songs on the album. Very cool rendition of Sweet Leaf from Sabbath. But I got to play an original song that they played on that album. It's a live version of their song called Spiders. Enjoy this one. This is another song of, uh, of ours. This song's called Spiders. Yeah. 
Gang, back here on East Coast Metal Radio. Don't forget to follow us on uh, Twitter at musicfrenzy underscore net. And you could follow us online on our website, musicfrenzy.net. Okay, so let's get into the interview. Again, Mr. Phil Campbell. Such an honor to speak to him. My next tattoo is probably going to be the Motorhead War Pig logo, hopefully. I've got a couple ideas for tattoos, but I've been dying to get the Motorhead logo. And uh, it's about time, so I think that'll be my next one, hopefully this spring. But anyway, um, let's get into the interview, check it out. Phil Campbell and Neil Stark talking about the band Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, about the upcoming album The Age of Absurdity, and uh, hang in to the end, because uh, Phil does talk about Motorhead a little bit. So uh, here's the interview. Enjoy. Hey, John, this is Phil. Hi, John, this is Neil. Gentlemen, how are you today? Very good, yeah, all good. I'm just outside of Philadelphia. Yeah, we live in Wales in the UK. We rounded up sheep and it's pretty cold. <laughs> I want to start off by saying it's a pleasure, Phil, to speak to you, uh, Neil, as well. You know, Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, uh, the album's a great album. Uh, Neil, did you grow up with the Campbell Boys or were you in a band previously with them? I mean, you know, how did you get pulled into this band? I mean, basically, I've known Phil's kids for about 10 or 15 years 
years. Um, we, we weren't in school together or anything, but we we became familiar with each other through music. Basically, we kept, we went to the same kind of concerts uh, as kids, and um, we, we played in bands together as kids. Um, which you know, that's how we kind of met each other. Um, and then obviously, I met Phil through through uh, music as well. You know, Phil came to watch his son Todd play a show in a band that we were in together. And um, that's when I met Phil for the first time. I'm sure there's no pressure there seeing Phil out there watching you guys play, right? <laughs> <laughs> a, little, a little bit daunting. I'm easy going, man. I'm easy going. <laughs> you know, uh, I, let- think he only threw, I think he only threw three or four tomatoes at me, so <laughs> that was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You know, last year when the Suns live album came out, I I picked it up, and you know, I thought it was a great idea to release the EP before the LP, so we could get a feel for what the Suns were about. You know, what Neil sounded like, how the band grooved. Um, was that the idea on releasing that live album? Yeah, yeah. We didn't have any more songs, to, to be honest, because we started off as a party band, like just doing our favorite covers you know, four years ago, and then sadly, Moat Red, then passed away, and we finished Motorhead, and, you know, we, we had, I had more time on my hands, and the boys, everyone in the band was very supportive, and so we started to write, write some material and everything, And uh, but at that point, that was the only songs we had, you know, and they, they, sounded, they sounded so good on the EP, and we've been playing three or four of them live ever since and they've gone down great and the response has been amazing so you know the next stage would be like to do the, a record which uh, we're happy to do with a with a great record company you know you know they they fully behind us and everything and uh, the promotion has been wonderful so we're really happy with it all I think yeah but uh, the EP was a good idea I think yeah I wouldn't say, I think it worked in our favor, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, hearing fresh music like Spiders, you know, Spiders is such a great song. It's got that really cool riff in there, you know, and of course, who doesn't like to hear, you know, a Sabbath Sweet Leaf being, being played live? So, you know, um, yeah, I, I dug it a lot, man. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, that's great to hear. Yeah. We, we just try to write good songs, you know, and put them all together in somewhat of a decent order. Yeah, you know, it's all about music at the end of the day. It's all good writing, you know, crap songs, but people don't get fed up with them. Like, I mean, we don't want to play crap songs every night. You know, we're a pretty, pretty busy band. It must be the worst to go on stage every night enough to play songs which are hits, but you absolutely hate. <laughs> that must be so torturous, I think. So, uh, it's best to have some good material to start with, and if it, if it, if it gets successful, then at least you're playing stuff you like. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the LP, uh, The Age of Absurdity, comes out on June 26th through Nuclear Blast, um, and I think on the release day, you guys are performing a little intimate show at the uh, YouTube space in London, which will be streamed live on the Nuclear Blast uh, YouTube channel, so I'm, I'm looking forward to checking that out. Yeah, man. We're looking forward to doing that, too. It's going to be... Um you know, obviously, there's such there's a whole world to play which you can't do all in one go. So we just figured the best way of uh, of doing something on the release day was to 
involve the World Wide Web. And um, what are you playing for? About half an hour, is it? Thirty minutes? Or I think about half an hour. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, That's cool. It'll be great. So we, we had a few different ideas, but that one seemed to make the most sense. You know, because that way, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can get involved a little bit. And um, obviously, it's going to be a special day for us releasing our first album. So. Oh, absolutely. Now, are, are you playing it through, or are you just playing a couple songs and some other stuff, or what are you doing? We're gonna. It's gonna be about thirty minutes, thirty-five minutes set. Okay. From the new album, so we 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 gotta sort that out uh, before in rehearsals and stuff. Yeah, we, we got we got a rehearsal uh, this week actually this Thursday, so um, we'll be figuring yeah. out exactly what we're gonna do. Cool. Well, I'll tell you a funny story. The day I got The Age of Absurdity as a download to review, I told you that we had a, a really bad snowstorm here. So I'm driving to work, which was about a two-hour drive because of the weather, and I popped on the album on my iPhone and started to get into the songs. And I'll tell you guys, by the time Gypsy Kiss came around, I realized I was driving so freaking fast I had to shut it off and turn on Sports Talk Radio because I was like, <laughs> you know, it was slippery and icy and I'm here jabbered out to the uh, Bastard Suds out. It was funny, man. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say by the time Gypsy's Kiss came on, you wanted a piss. <laughs> That's a rhyming slang. Yeah. Well, it's good, man. I'm glad you like it. That's fantastic. We, we thought the same. It's, it's good driving music, actually. Good, good driving album, yeah. You know, when it came down to writing and recording the album, was it a collective effort? Like, you know, everybody in the same room? Um, how did that work out? Every, everyone either comes in with, with ideas and, and then we go in the same room or we, we, we create new ideas in the same room. Uh, you know, it's, ju it's just what it is. Somebody might come in, there's no rules with it, like, you know. Gotcha. It's not just one, it's not just one, uh, you know, operative of it, you know, like somebody could come in with a full song almost and, and uh, it, it just varies, like, but everyone contributed fantastically, like all of us, to the to the writing, which is what a, what we, a band should be like, you know. Sure. And when we when we started recording it, we went to Rockfield, and um, like sometimes you can like just have the drummer doing his thing on his own, but we 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 wanted to try and create, you know, a bit of a a more organic sound as well. So we had everybody in in the room. You know, Phil, Todd, Tyler were all in the room with Dane while he was doing his drums on the actual album as well. So it wasn't Dane playing along to, you know, just a pre-recorded guitar. It was actually, you know, everybody was playing live and um, that's how we started the album off really, to try and get that kind of organic sounding stuff rather than it being, you know, lay a guitar track down, then the drummer drums to that kind of thing. Do you understand what yeah. I mean? So we got a big, we got a big sound at the end as well. Everything was big. Everything was with Romesh, the way Romesh produced it, and you know, with Rockfield Studios and Longwave, and with the, all the band's talents and the, the sounds, it was massive. Like it's great, I think. Yeah, I mean, the tones are killer, and just the clarity of of how it was recorded. I mean, it it does. It just it sounds large, which is uh, which is good to hear. They rock your floorboards, I think, the bottom end, like, definitely. Yeah. You know, and the bass drum and everything, so that's good. I'm sure some people's going to have some preconceived notions that any album that Phil Campbell's a part of, it just must sound like a Motorhead album, or or maybe we'll compare it to a Motorhead album. You know, when you guys were writing and recording, did any of that come through, like, well, wait a minute, this one sounds too like too much like Motorhead, or, or not enough like Motorhead, or, or how did that all come through? 
obviously some of it's going to sound like Motorhead because I wrote nearly all of Motorhead's rips right. for 30 years. Um, but with everyone's input and everyone was coming in with riffs every day, you know, I wasn't me. I, I was probably, uh, you know, one of the, the, I didn't come up with so many riffs. Todd came up with a load on this as well. You know, Jane was uh, contributing on the drums. Neil was singing some tunes. Tyler came up with, with riffs, which was good because it's really difficult, but just to be all, all the, the onus on yourself. Oh, sure. Looking sure. at you, staring at you, wait, waiting for you to come up with something exciting and new, which we've done for, for years and years. But, um, yeah, if, if something, if it came up with something that sounded like Modred a little bit, yeah, it was great, or, or punk, or just classic rock. But we just, if, it, if we thought it was going to turn into a good song, we'd, we'd carry on with it, like, you know, it's going to, it's going to sound, it's going to have a little bit of Modred there, obviously. You know, but it's going to have lots of other influences, which the band probably don't even realize. We don't probably don't realize half the influences which people are going to pick up on. We just make the music. It's up to the, it's up to the listener to to discern what they think of it. Like you know, and yeah. hopefully they, they think good and and they 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 can relate to the music and the and the lyrics and stuff. You know, we just we just done our job now, so our job is done. With with the perspective of if there was a riff that came out and it sounded a bit like Motorhead, then you know we didn't have to worry about that because you know the guy who wrote the Motorhead riffs is in our band, so you know it's it's not like you have to scrap a riff because you think it sounds like you know somebody else. Because if if it did sound a bit like Motorhead, then it you know it didn't make a difference to us really because. Yeah. Uh, you know, it wouldn't sound like the, the time Neil sings as well. It's not going to sound nothing like Motorhead anyway. Right. Yeah. You exactly. Know, I, you know, it's just it's my, just cool influences. You know, tone, and my vocal it is, it is what it is like. And obviously, there's only one tone in the world that sounded like Lemmy's, and that was Lemmy's. And right. That's, that obviously gives Motorhead it's a big stamp anyway, doesn't it? You know of how Motorhead sounds. So, you know, by the time you hear me singing on one of our songs, you, you know, I think. Any kind of motorhead comparisons would be yeah, it stops immediately. Like when yeah, yeah, will be gone because uh, you know I, be I gone by the end of the halfway through the first verse will be gone. Right. Yeah, I, I never obviously I, there's never a question for me as a singer that I wanted to try and replicate anything that me would do or, or anything like that because you know he he was his own singer. He was his own you know iconic thing, and it's not it's not for somebody to copy. You know just. None of us wanted it anyway with his band. Yeah, he was interested yeah. in, nah. You know. It's so, yeah, it was cool. I, for me, you know, I can obviously hear, like, some influences from Motorhead in, in the riffs, and that's, that's obvious. It's going to be like that because Phil's in the band, so. Yeah. I want to touch on a few of the songs uh, that I feel are, are some of the stronger moments, um, you know, starting with the uh, first song, Ringleader. I just love the tempo change during the chorus, and, you know, Dane is such a beast behind the drum kit man i mean the sound he, that you guys got with his drumming is just uh man it's just spectacular man oh, he's man. like a machine there he's brilliant isn't he yeah he's fantastic I, like i agree as well first time i first time the boys played me that song as, as a piece of music with you know with no vocals on it i was so so pumped <laughs> when i when i heard that time change i was like yeah yeah exactly like <laughs> 
I didn't I didn't I didn't see it come in and uh, I think that's where the people will probably get that feeling as well you know you've got that really fast paced riff and it's a killer riff anyway the opening riff and then um, yeah the, the chorus kicks in and it goes in, it goes somewhere I wasn't expecting it to and uh, that really excited me when I was writing the stuff for it you know I, I agree with you I think it's great did you handle all the lyrics for the album Neil? yeah I did yeah okay I had mentioned Gypsy Kiss earlier, uh, which I think is probably the most Motorhead-type sounding song, I guess, on the album. I mean, it's got that strong bass. It's got a fiery guitar riff. Um, the pace of the song borders on rock and thrash, kind of walks that line between the two. I mean, I just love it, man. What can you tell me about that song lyrically? It's kind of like the, the riff, when I heard the music, it, I don't know, it made me feel angry. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like... When I, sometimes when I hear music, it makes me feel certain different ways, and yeah. um, that that song just made me feel a bit angry. And that's kind of like, you know, that's why the lyrics took that direction really on that song. With the like, it's not really about anything specific in my life that's happened or anything, but it's like it's just it's just for me the music sounded angry, and I just wanted the I wanted the vocals to be aggressive too. I don't know if that makes any sense, and. Um, you know, but so so that when I'm when I was singing them in the studio, I could really, I could really connect with the song emotionally because I felt so much anger from the music. Anyway, so it's like, you know, fuck you, like this. That's how. That's. I just wanted to tell the world to, to fuck you, basically, in that song, and I didn't want to. I spelled it out, but in the end, that's how it came out. But um, yeah, actually, the chorus. Phil Phil came up with the chorus, kind of um, idea. off. Sort of, yeah. I mean, I, I had a slightly different chorus. That was the one song on the album, pretty much, that we changed the most. And I had a, a slightly different chorus, and Phil um, said, try it this way. And, and we did, and I was stuck. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a, a fast, punchy song. I, for me, it makes me angry to sing in a good way. And yeah, I really, I really enjoyed writing that one. To listen to it and singing F-U-C-K-Y-O-U. That's fucking cool, man. Uh, <laughs> I loved yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, last week, the band released a video for Welcome to Hell. Um, was that a cool video to shoot, Neil? It was, actually, yeah. it was. Uh, we filmed it in an old bank vault in uh, in the capital of Wales, in Cardiff. And um, it was a pretty fast day. It was over, and it was over pretty quickly. Um, but, yeah, it was a, it was a cool day. Um and yeah it was kind of quite an eerie atmosphere in there because it was so kind of like well as you can imagine an old bank vault it's just you know bars everywhere and yeah pretty scary <laughs> almost looking, like a jail pretty scary dark looking dark looking place and when we you know when we were filming those shots with the red lights all the lights everywhere else would be killed so it was like pitch black it's like quite scary it was a scary uh, shoot but um no it was, really, it was good fun to do I enjoyed it you know, earlier we had talked about, you know, the uh, music sounding like Motorhead, and, and, and of course, once everyone hears your vocals, it'll just be dismissed. But I wanted to ask, where do you get your vocal inspiration from? Because on this song in particular, every time I play it through, it sounds like Josh Todd from Buckcherry, which I think's a, a compliment. I just wanted to throw that out there so that way people can understand it's not that gruff vocals it's it's more of a melodic rock vocal and i i just love this song as well i mean I, my favorite uh rock singers well my favorite rock singer is eddie better from pill jam okay um i mean i, I love like all, all kinds of genres of music 
um, to be to be honest. But uh, yeah, rock wise, I I go towards like the early nineties, like Chris Cornell, uh, Eddie Vedder, Kurt Cobain, those those kind of bands. Um, Rage Against Machine, I used to love. Yeah, I still do. But um, so Beatles, I don't, don't, always Beatles fan as well, didn't you? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm a huge Beatles. So I, I mean, I love that's what I mean. I love like Stevie Wonder and a load of other non-rock stuff. But um, when we're talking about rock singers, I guess you know the the early '90s was the biggest influence on on me vocally at that, that that period of time. Cool, that's cool. Phil, um, the acoustic guitar riff for Dark Days, um, uh, you know, who is playing that on the album? Is that you or Todd? Uh, it was both of us, actually. It was Todd's riff. And Todd, Todd did the acoustic as well. We both did electric. I did a solo, I think, on that. Uh, we both did the electric riff. Todd did acoustic. And Todd, Todd did the harmonica. Wow. And Todd also did the acoustic on the last track as well. Okay. No, I mean that song's amazing, and yeah. you know I'm a I'm a pure metalhead at heart. But man, you know when I hear a strong acoustic guitar like in Dark Days, it makes me you know remember why I fell in love with the acoustic guitar in the first place. It's just awesome. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And Neil sounds like Paul Rogers or something. Blues, the bluesy barroom feel on that. I think free or something. The way that the song's put together, it's like you guys have been together for ten years doing it. I mean, it's just, it's just yeah, a strong, chorus, structured the song. Is so much fun. The chorus is massive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it was one of those songs when we wrote it. We weren't, we weren't even sure if it would make the album um, because it's so a bit more diverse than you know the stuff that we, the other stuff we were writing. But um, once we recorded it, there was no doubt that we, you know. It actually became one of all our favorite songs, so there's no doubt it was going to be on the album for sure after we recorded it. But yeah, at the time of writing it, we felt like it was a cool groove on it, but we weren't sure if if it would fit the album anyway. You know, people love it live as well. We we played it live five or six times, and it's uh, on the Airborne tour. We went down great, so yeah. uh, definitely going to keep definitely going to keep that one in. So if we come to Philadelphia, that'll be in the set for you, my friend. Can you play it on the uh, release day show in London? <laughs> then I could just see it there. <laughs> yeah, we will. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, I'm sure we will, yeah. Excellent. Phil, I just want to ask two Motorhead questions, and then I'll let you guys go. Um, do you stay in touch with Mikey? Um, and, and if so, what's what's he up to? Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, Mickey's he's pretty busy with the Scorpions now. Right. He's, he's doing what he loves there. Um, you know, he's having a lot of fun. They've invited me to go and play with him a bunch of times, but I've never been able to make it. But yeah, we keep in touch with, with Mulbred business and stuff, and anything funny crops up, right? we call each other and stuff. So yeah. Cool. It's, it's all good. It's all good with Mick. Yeah, it's fine. Since Lemmy passed, we've had a Clean Your Clock, the DVD, and live album, and Undercover. Um, is there any future releases planned? live albums or unreleased songs or anything like that? Uh, it's, it's a bit premature yet. I'm sure there's some stuff there. We need to take a good look at it. Okay. Um, we, 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 we're trying to get together like half a dozen worldwide like tribute shows, like the Freddie Mercury tribute shows. Oh, okay, cool. Like, you like have, have like Metallica involved and, and Grawl and people and, and Dee Snyder doing some singing and things um, but it's, it's 
the logistics of it are a nightmare. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, there's probably a little tiny bit of material around. There's loads of there's loads of tapes from the desk, but they, I don't how good they are. I don't know. Right. But um, we've that's all I can say at the moment, really. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. We didn't. We didn't record a wealth of material which we didn't put out, basically, because we were lazy. Once we got enough songs, good songs for an album, that was it. <laughs> so fuck it, right? Well, let's go. Let's go down the pub, basically, sort of thing. Yeah. We don't want to do any more. Let's get out of here. So that was the sort of uh, work, work ethic. <laughs> but um, I'm sure if I, I can't really, I can't. I wish I could say more at the moment. But no, I, I understand. Sure, John. Sorry. Last year, Dio toured with the Disciples. I mean, is there going to be a Lemmy hologram and you guys go on tour or something as Motorhead? <laughs> if it is, I ain't going to be involved with that fucking shit. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm not going to be involved. Yeah. If I want to look to my left, I want to see the real Lem or nothing. Exactly and, uh, right. I, I appreciate you, know, you saying that. Hologram. Gentlemen, I appreciate it. I hope you uh, come through Philly and I'll be listening to the show on the uh, release date, January 26th. We'll get a Philly, Philly steak cheese sandwich out here. I will be there with five for the band, for sure. Hi, <laughs> right, John. All right, guys. Thanks nice so much. Nice, nice talking to you. All right, so there you go. That's our interview with Phil and Neil. You know, it's just so awesome to be able to speak to the musicians that I I just love their music. And, uh, you know, whether they're classic rockers like, like Phil or, you know, newer artists like Neil. You know, you learn so much about the music that these guys are putting out. And uh, this album, The Age of Absurdity, is a solid album from start to finish. Um, we touched on three or four of the songs there in the interview. And again, uh, pick it up this Friday on uh, Nuclear Blast. And of course, it's online everywhere, so iTunes and whatnot. So pick it up this Friday. Also on this Friday, the record release day, um, pretty cool thing. On Nuclear Blast YouTube channel, they're going to be streaming a concert that the Suns are going to be uh, performing at the YouTube space in London. Now, it's at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, um, Greenwich Mean Time at 7 p.m. Uh, obviously, it is from London, but uh, if you're here on the East Coast, uh, check it out 2 p.m. this Friday, and it's, I think uh, Phil said, what, in the interview, there's a 30-minute set, so it's going to be cool. You get to see him perform live and then uh, go out and pick up the album, so check that out. I want to end the show with uh, another song from Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons. It is from the upcoming album, The Age of Absurdity. There's a uh, lyric video out for it already, so you can check that out on YouTube. And, um, yeah, I'll leave you guys with this song called Ringleader. Thanks for stopping by. Enjoy. Go Eagles!